We welcome you to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Secret Weapon Consulting. Well, DeMar Hamlin is awake and responsive, which is a beautiful, beautiful thing to hear about. And with that, um, thoughts and prayers continue to go out to DeMar Hamlin and his family uh, for wishing, wishing him a speedy recovery. But with that, um, we are going to re- resume our regularly scheduled NFL content. We're going to talk about the NFL owners agreeing on a neutral site for the AFC championship for certain scenarios. Uh, the Jaguars Titans win an in matchup. Whoever wins that game gets the AFC South for week 18. Um, there's also, we're going to touch on the Patriots, Dolphins, and Steelers fighting for that final playoff spot in week 18 and joining us to talk on, to talk about all of these things. We have special guest, Pat Edwards, student at Marist, uh, at Marist college and my personal friend, Pat Edwards, Pat, how are you doing, man? I'm good. How about you? I'm doing great. Thanks for coming on to the show. We have some new listeners since the last time you were on, which was how how long ago? It was, it was a little while ago. Yeah, like long enough ago that the Packers were actually good. Yeah, and we were previewing that that uh season. I believe that was right before the 2021 season, correct? I think so. I was angry about a championship loss and it went downhill very quickly. Yeah, man. Well, uh, would you be able to give brief imp- uh, a brief uh, introduction for some of our new listeners? Uh, I'm Pat. I am from New England, and I annoy everybody being a Packers fan. That's pretty much pretty much, sums pretty, it up. pretty much sums it up. All right. Well, we are going to jump right into it, and so so week seventeen Bills at Bengals. Uh, is not to be resumed. Um, an alternate, uh, agree- and there was a alternate solution agreed upon by league owners. Uh, so the AFC Championship is to be played on a neutral site for certain matchups. So fourteen and three Chiefs versus thirteen and three Bengal, uh, thirteen and three Bills. So all of this kind of hinges also on uh, some of the outcomes for Week eighteen. Uh, the thirteen and four. Chiefs versus 12 and 4 Bills and 13 and 4 Chiefs versus 12 and 4 Bengals. So all three of those matchups would be on a neutral site if uh that would be the AFC Championship matchups. Um however, a Bills Bengals AFC Championship would be in Buffalo. And furthermore, the Bengals have been crowned AFC uh North champions, but if the Ravens win their matchup versus the Bengals, their wild card matchup location will be determined by a coin flip. Um, so the Bengal, it's it's also worth noting that the the Bengals were the only team to object uh, among league owners for this uh, possible solution. It was mainly on this coin flip issue, and also on the fact that if the Bills face the Bengals again in the AFC Championship, then they would be on. Then that would be in Buffalo. So guys. I'll start with you, Pat. Did the league make the right call with this AFC champion, uh, AFC playoffs plan? I don't know if there was a right call, and I there's no good solution. And part of the problem is that this happens so late in the season. If this happened in week two, we have bye weeks to figure out how to refinagle the schedule. There's no way to do it now. Ultimately, I think if any other solution was was implemented. Buffalo wasn't going to be happy. Obviously, with this with this solution, Cincinnati's not going to be happy, and that's understandable. But the NFL did come out and say there really isn't enough time. If they were to redo the game, they'd have to push the season back and cost everybody else momentum. I think part of the problem is the fact that it happened in Week 17, and there's really no way to keep everybody happy. Obviously, the biggest thing is that DeMar Hamlin is okay, but trying to salvage the season beyond that point. Somebody was going to get angry and they just chose Cincinnati. Yeah, that's a fair point. All right, Tuck. 
Uh, you're muted, Justin. Yeah, you're muted, dude. Sorry, I keep muting myself because there's car pass- cars passing by. Uh, overall, I think it was, regardless of what was going to happen, like Pat said, somebody was going to be upset. I'm personally glad it was the Bengals. <laughs> but uh, all No in all, bias I'm, to that at all? No, of course not. I, I'm unbiased as there is. I n- never hold grudges. But as it was just an unfortunate situation for all par- parties involved, thankfully that DeMar Hamlin is okay. But it's just an interesting situation as a whole. Now that we have a neutral site for an AFC championship game, I find it very fascinating to see how everything pans out in the end. Uh, I find it weird that even though if Buffalo and uh, the Bengals meet an AFC championship game, it'll still be Buffalo. But other than that, I, I think overall it's okay. I don't care if the Bengals are upset about it. The game got canceled either or, and they ended up AFC North champions. But eh, I think then the NFL did the best they could with what they had to go on. All right. CJ? There's – the Bengals are obviously getting shafted, but that's just kind of how it goes, you know? And, you know, you hate to say it, but – there's an old adage that says, when you try to please everyone, you please no one. And that's basically what's going on with the NFL. No matter how you shuffled it out, whether it's neutral site or not, coin flip or not, no matter what they did, someone was going to get the short end of the stick, and it just happened to be Cincy. And I think, and some people are saying, oh, but the game's not as important as one man's life. And I'm like, you know what? I agree. And the most important thing is that Tamar Hamlin's okay. It truly is. However, you can't diminish what Cincy's feeling here. I truly believe Cincy has every right to be upset. But um, unfortunately, that's just how it goes. And hopefully the NFL will be, you know, will take this, learn from it, and forbid some tragedy like this happens again. Maybe they can react a little differently. But let's just hope, like I said, this never happens again. And uh, there is one thing I would add on. If it is a neutral site, then, and if let's just say it is Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, and I would say move it to like a stadium in the AFC South so that way AFC East or West or North fans don't just crowd into one stadium to try to throw the other team off. That's just me. Yeah. So the way I look at it, I have, I don't have, I think the more I've thought about this solution, the less of an issue I've had with it. Because it kind of it accommodates every team except the Bengals, and I would have had a better. I would have liked it a lot more had they have included the Bengals and the Bill the Bengals Bills potential matchup on neutral ground. Because if you look at how it played out, um, if the Bengals won that game, the Week 17 game, this is all hypotheticals at this point. If they had won, then the Bengals move up to the two seed. And the Bills are knocked all the way down to three, which is significant because that would have given uh, an AFC championship the Bengals. That would have been them hosting. Um, but on the other end, if the Bengal, if if the Bills won that game, then that would have been they would have hosted. So you can you kind of have to put that on neutral ground as well. On the coin flip, that is kind of weird. Um, for the NFC North, excuse me, uh, AFC, the AFC North, who wins that, uh, who gets that, uh, that, you know, that wild card matchup, but it's the wild card. So it's not as important, but it kind of is important. Um, but I, I mean, that, that's the only issue that I have is that like, what, what happened that they weren't able to include that game. And it just seemed like, it seemed that they were trying too hard to, um, that they were trying way too hard to please the Bills in this situation, understandably so, because um, they um, because of what happened to uh, to their young player. But still, you kind of have to keep when we're talking about these schedules, you have to you have to keep it all on the field. And if they could have they could have included the Bengals in this situation um, when, when it comes to facing the when it comes to facing the Bills in a potential matchup, and they didn't. And they really could have. I don't. I don't see the issue with it, but that's kind of that's kind of my two cents. 
on that. Um, but I did want to move on, change gears, and touch on a matchup that I've been kind of – I mean, it's not – It's it doesn't have too much of a bearing on the playoff um, – on on the pl- on the uh, playoff picture, but Jaguars Titans. So what was interesting about this is no matter what happened in Week 17, Week 18 would be the winner take all game for that division, and they would they would host a playoff game, and we're gonna talk about all the ins and outs for that matchup. Don't go anywhere. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power Radiate and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker, special guest Patrick Edwards. So, this is a tale of two different teams going in two different directions, right? So the Jaguars started three and seven; they're now eight and eight. The Titans started seven and three; they are now seven and nine. So. In this matchup for week 18, it's going to it's literally winner take all. Whoever wins this matchup winds up um getting the AFC South and not only that, hosting a playoff game. So, guys, I'll start with you Pat again. Could the winner of Titans Jaguars be an indication of who will control the AFC South for the coming years? I'm not sure, and I say that because we need to see what the Titans do with Ryan Tannehill after the season. He could still be under contract for 2023. He could still be under contract for 2024, and the Titans are a much better team when Ryan Tannehill is under center. Obviously, Malik Willis has done very little, so little, in fact, that he's going to be on the sideline this weekend. But who's to say whether Ryan Tannehill will be coming back next year? That would have a far greater effect than anything in this game. I will say the Jaguars are the team with the momentum. The Jaguars are the team with the young quarterback. The Jaguars are the team that have the competent coach. The Jaguars are the team that look like they have the brighter future. Five years down the road, I think there are a little too many roster changes to pinpoint this to one game. But this could certainly give ja- the Jaguars the momentum, particularly if their roster stays healthy, their roster stays intact. And if Ryan Tannehill doesn't come back to the Titans next year. All right. Tuck? Uh, I'm not sure if it'll have any proceedings going forward. It, I got to see see who the quarterback is, depending on who wins. Because if, if I see Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs and he does well, then yes, it gives me precedence to believe that, yeah, I believe the Jaguars going forward can reign over this at this moment in time, weak AFC South division. But if it's the Titans, it's kind of like same old, same old, I guess, because Ryan Tannehill is going to be under center. Derrick Henry is going to be running the ball 30 to 40 times a game because, quite frankly, they don't have a competent quarterback to pass it 20 to 30 times a game. I respect Ryan Tannehill, but they don't even trust him right now. So it's either Derrick Henry or bust for them right now. They have quality weapons, but that defensive – is not as healthy as it once was. All in all, it really comes down to can the Jacksonville defense stop Derrick Henry? And I'm not sure if they're there yet. They did stop him this year. I mean, I say stop. They did beat him, but they didn't really stop him. Uh, so I don't think it has any bearing going forward, but it'll be an interesting thing to see uh, how this pans out and how it'll affect the division and who wins it. All right. CJ? I would argue yes, 
because, as you know, in the NFL, a lot of these things, it comes down to the quarterback. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill cannot be your QB of the future. I When they gave him that ridiculous deal, I said they shouldn't have, and now he's on the tail end of his career. Malik Willis, who was once touted as a first-rounder, I believe is taking the third round, and rightfully so, I do not believe is the answer. Because... When he's played, he's been very bad. In fact, you know, we, everyone says Lamar Jackson has haters. Well, yeah, that, but if basically if what the haters said, I'm trying to think of like how to word this, but like every negative perception of Lamar Jackson, if you made that a person, it would be Malik Willis. And then, and they don't trust him to the point where they're having Josh Dobbs start as quarterback. So, yeah, but see, here's the thing. But Jacksonville, you've got your quarterback. You've got Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence has shown that he can lead. And if he wins a playoff game, that's great. I mean, you don't expect him to do anything now, but he's starting to put it together. And I mean, but look, what other teams are division? The Colts, who go from bridge quarterback to bridge quarterback every year? I mean, I don't know. Maybe if they draft someone, then maybe. But I think the Titans, if you remove Derrick Henry from that team, they're a bottom 10 team. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's true. Like, they, you know, they traded away A.J. Brown, and I mean, it's like, and then they just got that much worse. Their defense is hit or miss. And then there's, and then, you know, then, then there's just the Texans, I guess, that are, they're not going to be good for a while. But yeah, I would say that this is like the ball's in Jacksonville's court now, you know, they're a game to lose. And if they win, then I think I'm not going to say crown the new champ, but they're just going to be that much closer. Okay. So the way I look at it, the the rest of this Titans offense and their, their whole team around them is that, that, that I'm not too worried about their wide receiver core is, is probably going to need a year to uh, get their feet under them. Traylon Burks lo looks like, I mean, he, he has some potential Robert Woods. I believe he might have something left in him, but he's coming off the ACL tear. So if he does still have anything left in the tank, it's going to be, he's going to show it next year, but it all comes down to the quarterback situation and not just Ryan Tannehill, uh, Malik Willis, it clearly looks like that, that they have lost complete uh, confidence in him. But even if they do draft a new quarterback, it still usually takes a couple of years for, for them to develop and to build, to be able to build a team good enough around, around them. So to that, I say, yeah, if the Jaguars win this game, then I think this is their division to lose for the next couple of years until the Titans can find a good enough quarterback um, and to be able to develop him in the, uh, in the years after that, then it's, it's going to be the Jaguars division to lose. And they've done such a good job with building up their team uh, basically from the ashes, which was the Saxonville Jaguars back in 2017 when they had their guy, Blake Bortles and the defense who was basically carrying them. And, you know that was really that was really their their glory days, and they have been able to build their team from scratch up until this point. And I would say they're the only spot that they really need to work on next uh, for this next season and beyond is their defense. Their defense looks good, but they could use some pieces in that secondary. I would say uh, maybe a new corner they could draft in the first round. But Trevor Lawrence has proven. He's shown he's shown flashes that he could be. I mean, I am not exaggerating when I say that he has the potential to be mentioned in the, in the same breath as the likes of a Josh Allen or a Joe Burrow, and depending on how good he winds up being, maybe even Patrick Mahomes as well. So he has had an incredible year, um, just in the sense that he's really developed. And I would say that this that. This Jaguars team is in the at the up and up, and they are no longer the little brother to the Tennessee Titans in that division. Hmm. I got a question. Yep. Uh, if Jacksonville wins and Tennessee loses, and it looks pretty decisively because the offense can't move the ball, do you think uh, Tennessee would draft a quarterback in the first round? This goes out Where to everybody. 
that that's actually a good question. It depends on where their where their draft spot is because there are quarterbacks in this draft, but it's it's towards the front. So if they have a if they have a pick in the top, let's say, I'd have to look at. It depends because I thought it was going to be the quarterbacks were going to go one two three, but it looks like some some mock drafts have quarterbacks going in the top ten fifteen. So, yeah, they do, and they're wrong. Yeah, so, sorry, I didn't want to jump in there, but I'm uh, I'm trying to see where where the Titans are right now, but I don't <laughs> think they're even in the top twenty. Yeah, like they, I think. They what about buying a quarterback? Who what else? Who do you have? Who do you have in mind for buying? I, like trading for a quarterback or signing one? Trading or signing? And the only reason I ask, I don't think that the quarterback market is going to be necessarily fantastic. But they pulled Ryan Tannehill out of Miami, and Ryan Tannehill had one or two fairy tale seasons where they did very well in the immediate future, and then he started to tail off. Do they pull a? an Indianapolis Colts type move to have a greater degree of success where they can pry a guy from another franchise and maybe resurrect a career. Derek and not to say that Baker Mayfield or Carson Wentz is good enough to be that guy, but do they sign that guy, pull off a fairy tale season or two with a guy like Derek Henry in the backfield and be able to stay on top of Jacksonville if that guy stays healthy and performs? Yeah, Tuck mentioned Tuck just mentioned a name, Derek Carr. If they were to Derek trade Carr. for him, um, it just depends on. It would just depend on their price because um, I'm not sure how much they would want that first round pick because I, I feel like Carr is at a point where he still is kind of a franchise quarterback, so he would fetch a hefty price. So how much do they need that first round pick, and how much? And more specifically, how much? confidence do they have that Traylon Burks and Robert Woods can uh, bounce back for better seasons next year? Um, because that's that's what's going to indicate whether or not Derek Carr will have success over there. Um, but yeah, that's that's a fair that's a fair question is can they uh, can they pl- can they go out and look for a short term answer and try to find maybe a bridge until they until they find a draft where they're like, okay, this is the guy we're going to take him and, you know, thank you, Derek Carr for everything you've done, but we have to move on to, uh, to our next guy, but hey, uh, that's Adam. something. What's up? Uh, as it sits now, the Titans have pick 11 because they had one of Philly's first rounders. Hmm. Remember? Cause like, cause didn't Philly, even the saints or whatever. I remember like what the particulars were going to trade. And then, then they got that pick during the A.J. Brown trade. So the Titans are at pick 11. But here's my thing. So as you know, I I, I do like the draft. And yeah, don't say it. All right, I'm not going to say it. I, I was going to, but I decided not to. But, yeah, 11. If you're not in the top 10, you have no shot at Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. Maybe you gamble gamble on Will Levis, Levis, how you pronounce it. I'm not high on him. He could, But I, I don't really see anyone being there i would say you punt next season kick the can down the road or maybe get like caleb williams or drake may in like the next draft my point is if you want a franchise quarterback you ain't getting it this offseason or next year yeah so if they were to trade their first round pick this year and maybe package in a second then maybe someone who's looking to trade up you find a way to tr- to trade for um, a first round pick that's 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 earlier in the draft, maybe in the next the next one or the year after that, something like that. But you also have to make sure that the quarterback you're fishing for in that draft is the guy, because it's hard to just you know just take a quarterback and then um, and then hope that hope that he turns into something. I mean that's that's the criticism I had for Kenny Pickett. When they took when the Steelers took uh, a quarterback just because they needed one, you know, um, mm-hmm. and whether or not he turns into something is is another conversation because he's actually been fairly decent in the past couple weeks. But mm. like you don't want to just because it's it is a thing where first round quarterbacks are taken and they just wind up being 
god awful once they get into the league. Um, like Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, Josh Rosen comes to hmm. mind. What did he say? Like 15 mistakes were taken before me, or it was like there was like nine mistakes made ahead of me, or, or however many. Yeah, like, no, that's funny. And he turned out to be so much of a bust that they had to go back into the first round, the next draft, and go like, okay, we're taking Kyler Murray. So that that was an interesting one. Uh, what but about you guys the fact have, that Trey Lance hasn't proven himself in San Francisco, mm-hmm. even though Mr. Irrelevant has? There's another one. Yeah, that's that's one. And I don't know what they're going to do about him because, like, they he hasn't had much of a chance to pan out. But he also in the in this limited chance that he's had, he hasn't really he hasn't impressed. And judging by the fact that they yeah. haven't really been committal, uh, they they haven't really committed to him. Something's going on in those practices that they don't like. Like there's something they are seeing because they the coaching staff sees more of them. That's that's obvious. So if they're seeing something in him, then. I mean, the fact that they took, they spent a number three overall pick on a quarterback. That's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, you, you have to make sure you're, you're committing to the right guy in the right draft. And I don't know, like they, like there were, there were, so there was Zach Wilson and Trey Lance who were taking with the top, with two top three picks, but Justin Fields was taken number 11 and so far in his NFL career, he's looking a lot better than either of those guys. So you just kind of have to you have to be smart about uh, about these drafts. Um, but is there anything we else anything else we wanted to touch on with this um, with this topic before we move on? I'm good. All right. Nope. Well, um, so we're going to change gears, but we're gonna we're gonna remain in the AFC for now. Um, so it's not only this matchup between the Titans and Jaguars that is, that has a lot at stake, but there is still three teams who are fighting for that final playoff spot, which is the Patriots, Dolphins and Steelers. So we're going to debate which one deserves it more and what implications that could have for the future for these teams. So that's next. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power Radiate and Secret Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker, special guest Patrick Edwards. So the Patriots, Dolphins, and Steelers are fighting for that final playoff spot, and Week 18 is going to be indicative on how that is going to turn out. So the Patriots make it in if they win. However, if they don't win, they're not necessarily eliminated. If the Jaguars beat the Titans and the Dolphins lose to the Jets, and the Steelers lose to the Browns, then that then the Patriots get in. The Dolphins are kind of the same, are kind of in the same boat, except they do need to win. They need to win their game. They need the Patriots to lose and the Steelers uh, to lose as well. Steelers, it's kind of the same way. You know, they need the Patriots and Dolphins to lose. So a lot of it's a shot in the dark for a lot of these teams, but one of them has to make it. So whether or not we think one is going to make it is one thing who deserves it more. Cause it is the last playoff spot. Pat, I'll start with you. I think the obvious answer is none of them, but I think all three of them are in very similar scenarios and all three of them got there in entirely different ways. A lot of people had a lot of expectation for the Patriots after they made the playoffs last year. 
after Mac Jones made a pro bowl, was an offensive rookie of the year candidate. A lot of people expected a lot of things out of this Patriots offense in particular that has largely fallen flat and has had a couple of embarrassing losses. If you reverse that Bengals loss, you reverse that Raiders loss alone, this week is nowhere near the fiasco that it's going to be. You compare that with the Dolphins, who've been streaky as all hell. They start off 3-0, then they're 3-3, then they're 8-3, now they're 8-8. Do they start to get hot at the right time? I don't know, but it certainly beats where Pittsburgh is, where Pittsburgh's just kind of been on the back burner all season. Some way, somehow, Mike Tomlin is still fighting to keep his winning season streak intact. But I think that the most likely thing, the Patriots are going to play the Bills, who have a lot to play for right now, and are the best team out of any that these three are facing this week. I think the most likely scenario is that the Dolphins get in, but I don't know. I think this week could be a toss-up in any way. I think that the Dolphins are so much of a question mark as to when they get streaky. I think that the Browns are so much of a question mark with Deshaun Watson coming in halfway through the season and playing subpar football compared to where he was before he sat out for a year and a half. And I think that the Patriots are just, who knows, every week. I think the Dolphins are the most likely to get in, but I wouldn't necessarily go place a bet uh, that that would happen. You're muted. My, my bad. That's my thoughts. Those are my takes. Yeah, I mean, you said it with the this being a complete fiasco. I mean, like, you, you could see any of these teams making it in. And the fact that even if the Patriots lose, that they can still get in just underscores how hectic this whole situation is. But, Tuck? Mm, I hate this question so much because I really wanted the Ravens to win yes uh, Sunday night just so this wouldn't be a damn question. But now that we're here, mm, I can't stand it. I can't stand the Steelers are still in this. I can't stand the fact that they actually have a chance to be in the playoffs now. It bothers me. The Patriots don't deserve it. The Dolphins don't deserve it. The Steelers deserve it. But I'll be damned if I say the Steelers, so I'm going Patriots here. You guys need to make the playoffs just so that team doesn't make the playoffs. The Steelers have been dealing with adversity nonstop with T.J. Watt going out with a multitude of quarterbacks under center, with the multitude of injuries that they've had all season. Then for them to turn it around, for them to actually have a chance to actually make the playoffs is a testament to how good Mike Tomlin actually is as a coach. And that bothers me because I don't like Mike Tomlin or the Steelers. To be honest, I think they deserve it the most, but I'm too much of I'm too much of a Ravens fan to acknowledge it. So I want the Patriots to win, mainly because they've been doing all this without an OC and they're still in playoff hopes. So I need I need the Patriots to win. Please bring this home, Patriots. You're on an episode with two Patriots fans who disagree with you. <laughs> CJ, CJ, tell tell them that tell them that he's wrong. Look, I don't want the Pats to go to the playoffs because if they do, they're going to get curb stomped, and it's just going to be embarrassing. I'd say right now, punt the season. You get a better pick. Get a real OC, then you come back next year. None of these teams deserve to win. Mike Tomlin is just – I mean, he's a decent coach, but I don't know. I'm just not sold on the Steelers. None of these teams are going to go win the Super Bowl, and none of these teams deserve it. They're all fraudulent. And, yes, I said Miami's fraudulent. And for those who don't know, the Dolphins organization is uh, extremely unhappy with Mike McDaniel, and there are rumors circulating per CBS Sports, Barstool Sports, and Miami Dolphins leading fan website, Finn Fanatic, that runs the risk of potentially being fired if they lose, which I personally think would be an overreaction, even though he's horribly overrated as a head coach. But yeah, Mike McDaniel's not even safe. And I mean, the Patriots don't have an offensive coordinator. The Steelers are just a Frankenstein's monster of random names just stapled together. It's just none of these teams deserve to win. And I can safely say it literally doesn't matter. So what's your what's your answer? Probably Miami. Because Buffalo – because, see, here's the deal. Buffalo is going to crush New England because they're so fueled by love for DeMar Hamlin. That, and let's face it, 
the league will not let Buffalo lose. And and I mean the Steelers, eh, I guess maybe, but I, I think it's gonna be Miami because you're playing the Joe Flacco led Jets. And I swear if Miami loses to the Jets, heads need to roll. Joe they Flacco. Skyler, Joe Flacco. They, they have they have their third their third string option as well. Skylar Thompson. Yeah. So yeah, and there is one last thing I'd like to bring up. It's What's basically up? uh it's funny because Tua seemed to have silenced all the doubters. And I just think it's funny how now there's new questions about him. Not whether or not he can play, but whether or not he can go five minutes without getting a hit to his brain. That man needs to retire. Because let me tell you, Miami has killed him. All right. Let me tell you why Miami deserves it the most. It wasn't long ago when the Dolphins were 8-3 and three and we were looking at this team as not only a contender for the number one seed, but also a potentially a team to represent the AFC for a Super Bowl. What happened? They looked per- – I, I don't even know. Listen, this- issues. They got exposed. Organizational so, issues. So here, here's, what I, here's what I saw. I saw a team that had been red hot all season long when they were healthy. And during that three-game stretch, they had a bit of a dry spell, which, I mean, it happens in sports. All of the best teams have small have hiccups. But what you can't control is injuries. And their quarterback has missed – their starting quarterback has missed – this will be his fifth game that he misses? Fifth, sixth? Somewhere around there. But I know he missed three during the, in the start of the season. And then he suffered the concussion for the Green Bay game. And they were leading before he before he got hurt. Then he then he gets hurt, throws three picks. We can't really confirm whether or not that was the that one play that people are talking about was the one where he suffered the concussion, then threw three picks, and then the game end ended. But it's a it's a strong possibility. Then after that. They lose, they lose the two games afterwards, or at least they, they could. So, I mean, it, it's just a lot of bad luck for them. And, like, I just feel like that team has the most firepower where if they did get healthy and if Tua does play in a playoff game, they could potentially make a run, or at least they could take a – after they lose – um in the playoffs, they could at least look at themselves in the mirror and say, listen, we had all of, we had the personnel. We had some bad luck. Let's regroup, maybe make a few roster tweaks, and then we'll go into next season and then stay in the same direction. We're going. That's something that they could do with the Patriots. If they were to sneak into the playoffs, I do not want to hear a word from any Patriots fans. Or any like anyone outside of the outside of Pat's nation saying, see, see, Bill Belichick could figure it out with an imperfect roster. No, no. Listen, you guys need to go. We need to go in a different direction. They need to find they need to find a better offensive scheme and take a closer look at their at their quarterback situation in Mac Jones. Once they figure out the offensive coordinator situation and the offense runs smoothly. I want to see how Mac Jones does with that. And if it turns out he's not he's not the guy, we go in a different direction with quarterback. Because I'm seeing so many quarter I'm seeing so many teams in the AFC get quarterbacks and have them actually work out. I mean, it started with Patrick Mahomes, then Josh Allen, and then Joe Burrow, and then Justin Herbert. Lamar Jackson has looked really good. I mean, the list goes on. And potentially Tua as well. And, here, well, and and then Trevor Lawrence. And we're sitting here still wondering whether or not Mac Jones is the guy. And I really hope he is because we, we I mean, we, we invested a, a num- top 15 overall pick in him, but they just don't deserve to be in right now. They haven't played that well this season. A lot of the wins that they've gotten have, have been against bad, against bad competition. It just feels like it would be fool's gold if they made it in. And I don't want to look at this season as a positive. I want to look at it as a as a lesson to be learned and to go into next season to make the adjust, adjustments possible to course correct and build towards a real championship team.
that's kind of what I what I would like. The Steelers, I was really negative on them for most of the season, but the more I look at it, the more I think they, this team kind of might have something in Kenny Pickett, but they still don't deserve to be there because their offensive line is imperfect. They have pieces everywhere else, and jury's still out on Kenny Pickett, but they still they they they're a little bit behind. They need a couple of years to prove that they can that they can make a playoff run. That's, uh, but the team I think deserves to be in is Miami. They they built their team up. They did all the right things for the most part, and mm-hmm. that's that's the team uh, that should represent in that final playoff spot. Mm-hmm. The only thing I have to say is, yeah, I know y'all are going to trade it back either or. So why are we even doing this? Doesn't always happen. Oh. When was the last time? Patriots outside of the Mac oh, Jones Jesus. pick. Uh, twenty uh, twenty twenty one. They they drafted Mac Jones. I said outside of that because you know outside of that quarterback. Um, didn't they didn't they draft didn't they trade up to draft Donta Hightower? And they also used a first round pick on Chandler Jones. I want to say you're going twenty eleven for Dante Hightower. Uh, C C J is out for some reason. Um, but that's not what you guys normally do. You know, you trade back to late, late first round, early second round, and try to get some developmental player on the defense or on the line. Y'all know what y'all do. Right. That's what they've done. But, I mean, they also got lucky in, in finding a diamond in the rough when they drafted Tom Brady. And, like, I mean, that happens from time to time. But I don't – that's not – that's not – that's not a template that I want to invest in. That's not something that – I mean, look at look at how all of these other teams have drafted. They've drafted a quarterback in the first round. In fact, I believe all of these, except for Patrick Mahomes, have been top have been top ten. Patrick Mahomes is top ten. Was he eleven or ten? Ten. So he was ten. Okay. I I hear eleven because I hear I hear so much from the Saints saying if if he was around for the pick right after we would have taken him. Believe it. Like no, you weren't. You just saw that he panned out, and then now you're saying. Um, but like, it's like, you see all of these teams drafting in quarterbacks in the first round, investing in the right guy in there. And it works out all of them. I mean, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, we're seeing Trevor Lawrence right now before our very eyes. And sometimes it doesn't work out. We've highlighted that during this show, but a lot of times it does. Give and that's what's been working out. Before you go the quarterback route. He looked good his first year, made it to the Pro Bowl, even though some players decided not to go. He still made it to the Pro Bowl. His second year, he doesn't have an OC. Give it some time. He doesn't have an OC, out. and he doesn't have a competent well, receiving core. Especially yeah, Jacoby Myers, exactly. if he's willing to pass it back to Mac. I mean. <laughs> now, look. Here's yeah. the thing, Adam. Adam. Yeah. So he looked good his rookie year, and after one year, one, have you ever heard of a sophomore slump? And two, you cannot deny the cast of characters around him got significantly worse. The coaching staff got significantly worse, and it's one hundred percent Max fault. Two of those, two of those go the two of those go hand in hand. So the the his personnel getting worse with the offense, the offensive coordinator change. I think that goes hand in hand. I mean, they Hunter Henry and Kendrick Bourne have barely been involved in the offense, and that's a hundred percent on uh, on Matt Patricia. Yep. And see, here's the thing: I've said it before that this season we've failed Mac, not the other way around. I agree. I'm just and saying, improve this- the offensive court. I'm sorry, improve the offensive coordinator position, and maybe add some pieces on the on the offensive side of the ball because it is that's it is imperfect. Happen, I can tell you now. Hey, trust it's the process. Well, unless we get Mac a wide receiver one, nothing's going to happen because there's a trend. Josh Allen was awful, and he was middling at best his second year. Then they got him a crutch in Stephon Diggs. Tua got his crutch in Tyreek Hill. Hell, Jalen Hurts was considered – this was his big put-up-or-shut-up year. Philly hated him, and then they got him A.J. Brown. I'm just saying there's a trend. I agree. I agree. Do all of these things and see how he does. That's what I'm saying. And everyone say, oh, the Patriots can't draft. And my point is, even if we could draft, would it matter? Would it really matter? It's like, oh, we took Sony Michelle. We could have had Nick Chubb. We took Nikhil Harry. We could have had A.J. Brown. 
Do you think we would have paid them? Do you really think we actually would pay them? See, it's not just a coaching thing. It's a belief. It's 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 what's the term here? You know yeah, what I philosophy. mean? Philosophy. Yeah, it's a philosophy. It's a systemic thing. How it's like we could have drafted Justin Jefferson, and we still would not. And I and I am adamant on this. We could have drafted Justin Jefferson, and I would put and I would bet both my legs we would not resign him. So what <laughs> difference does it make? Yeah, but you still want to make sure that you. That, that's more on the on the GM, yeah. isn't it, Mister? Yeah, it is. It's just like Belichick. things need to change. And if Mac doesn't pan out, it, it is. Be, I will maintain that it is because we failed him and not the other way around. Well, it's. It, I listen. I think it's also. It could be two things that two things could be true at once. Because, like, yes, they've failed him, but we, we also haven't gotten confirmation. He's had we no also, competent OC or wide receiver. One. We also haven't had confirmation that he is that he is the guy. Because we see, we see, like this isn't the best. This isn't the best situation around him. But w- with a lot of quarterbacks who are in their developmental years, we still see flashes that they could be better than better than they have been. With Joe Burrow, he had, I mean, for his first two years, he was in the top five in the league in being sacked, and he still showed us something. With so did Jones. And yet, Mac Jones. And literally went to the playoffs rookie year. Granted, we didn't win, but we still made it. We still had a positive record. Mac Jones took a team that was supposed to be tanking and win six, five, six games, and they went to the playoffs. This wasn't a, mm-hmm. I'm going to waltz into a good program. This was a team that wasn't supposed to be that great. And Mac Jones took him to the playoffs. Mac Jones made a Pro Bowl. Whether or not he deserved to go to the Pro Bowl, he was in that conversation. Cam Newton couldn't do it. And I know that's not the best example, but. Was that not yeah, a better OC? See, they spent through their faces in free agency that previous offseason. So that's the yeah, reason I, 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 I had higher expectations for the Patriots that season what? just because they they spent two they spent over two hundred million dollars on the likes on the likes of Kendrick Bourne, uh uh Nelson Aguilar, Don't Jacoby Myers came uh came through for them. And Hunter Henry and uh, and uh, Hunter Henry had a very good year for them as well. Um, jo- uh, Johnny Smith still needs to show that he can play in in uh, that Patriots system, and he's not doing it in Patricia's. He, they're going to have to wait till next year. Um, but the, I, I mean, their offensive line was while it was hurt for most of that year, it was still on paper a solid one. Um, yeah, I, I had a higher expectations. I don't know if anybody else did, but yeah. I think you were just being too high on your Patriots then because you just said, let me add Nelson Aguilar to your team, and I immediately think, oh, we might be contenders. You didn't. You don't mean that. You saw how he played, and I respect Listen, him, but his hands, you, his hands are just for decoration at times. You know that. You spent $200 million in free agency, spent a 15 15- – over a 15th overall pick on a quarterback and they had a 10 and set with 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 Bill Belichick one of the best quarter uh one of the best coaches of all time and a 10 and 7 record to show for it and by the way they had the number 1 seed for a lot for a lot of that uh for a lot, a lot of that run but then the late uh later on in the season it all it kind of fell apart you had and to then they got their doors blown out by their division rivals. What's that? You had to face Buffalo twice. You split with them, and then you had to face Miami again. That was a loss. It was just some of those games where you're like, yeah, these are obvious losses here. Right. That's what I, listen, the Bill, the the Patriots didn't they had a they had a good season, but <laughs> they were supposed to, they were kind of supposed to have a good season, weren't they? No. no, you are literally the only Pats fan who thinks this. The only one. All right. I'm going to digress. And how about we just move on to our next segment? Yeah, there. All right. So we are going to touch on Lions at Packers, the showdown in the NFC North. We brought Pat on to talk about this segment. Packers in a win-and-in scenario. We're going to talk about the ins and outs of that matchup. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast. 
This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 and Seek a Weapon Consulting. Adam Wright, CJ Medeiros, Justin Tucker, special guest Patrick Edwards. So it was like we talked about um the Titans Jaguars matchup in the AFC. And this is kind of a similar situation. Um two teams that did not at least one at least well both teams here had not the best starts to their season. Four and eight were the Packers at one point. The Lions, what were they, two and six? It wasn't good. And now both of these teams in – so the Packers are a win-and-in scenario. Mm-hmm. The Lions, they not only need to win this game, but they also need the Rams to beat the Seahawks in the earlier game at 425 uh, p.m. So between these two teams – so, Pat, give me, give us, um, give us some of the ins and outs for this matchup. This is the first playoff game of the NFL season, and it could very well, quite literally, be a playoff game atmosphere if, if uh, Seattle loses. But we just got to see if the Packers' defense can hold up. Obviously, there have been a lot of problems with the Lions' defense over the past year or two. MCDC's done a lot to shore up a lot of issues. Jared Goff has come to light, particularly at the start of the season, um, in a way that a lot of people didn't expect him to when he came to Detroit. I think a lot of this is going to be on, can the defense perform to the extent that they performed the past few weeks? Can Keyshawn Nixon and the special teams continue to play better? Amari Rogers cost us a couple of games. The defense has cost us a couple of games. And the biggest question mark can Aaron Rodgers be vintage Aaron Rodgers in a last week scenario, a la 2013 versus the Bears or Miracle in Motown? I mean, this is this is no Rodgers is no stranger to playing in a scenario that we're about to play in. Rodgers hasn't played as well as he has in past seasons for most of the year. He's had a hurt hand. He's come out that he's been on DMT during games. Uh, it's been a wild ride, and it's not vintage Rodgers, but can vintage Rodgers pull out one more performance while the rest of the team coalesces? Can he put them on top of a resurgent Lions team in the frozen tundra in prime time in the clutch? And uh, we can't hear you. Yeah, dude, you're muted. Shoot. Oh, my bad. CJ, what are your thoughts on this matchup? I'm hoping that it's going to be a good one. I mean, frankly, this really doesn't matter to me, you know, being being a fan of the team from the AFC. But there is something I want to point out. A quote from Lions safety Deshaun Elliott on Aaron Rodgers said, quote, the way he carries himself, nobody likes that expletive. A-Rod doesn't respect us. He he doesn't respect anyone. That team doesn't respect anyone. And we're going to fight our expletive off. So I'm hoping it's going to be a good game. Now, I think the Packers are going to win, but I would not be shocked if Detroit pulls it out. That, that's pretty much all. I'm going quick. I'll agree with that. That that basically sums it up. I think it's very winnable for the Packers, but it's far from over. Yeah. Um I'll 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 touch on this last talk. Oh my god, this has the potential to be game of the year. The Detroit Lions actually I'm not going to lie, under Dan Campbell, I'm actually impressed. I didn't think at the start of the season I'm like they're at least 2 and 6, so I think they started off better than last year. But then they started to rack off one, one right after another. I'm thinking to myself, these Detroit Lions, can they make the playoffs? Can they actually get in? I thought they were, I thought they would, it would end if they lost to Minnesota. But they got past Minnesota. I'm like, oh, okay, now let me see what they got. And now we're here against the Packers. I thought the Packers were done themselves. But somehow, some way, when it comes around December, Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur just figure out a way to come alive. And I'm kind of excited for this matchup. But something we're kind of overlooking here, what's going to happen in Seattle when the Rams and the Seahawks face each other? 
because that game has a lot of playoff implications on it. If the, if the Seahawks win, I think Detroit gets eliminated and kind of takes some of the luster out of their sails. But if the – whatchamacallit, if they lose, Detroit still has a chance. So it's like, uh, we'll wait and see on that game. But it probably would still feel nice to knock Aaron Rodgers and the Packers out of the playoff game just to stick it to your divisional rivals one more time. And they already got the early season one against the Packers. So, oh, this is a game that I'm looking forward to watching. And somehow, some way, I think Aaron Rodgers brings it back one more time to be venting to Aaron Rodgers and somehow, some way, pulls away with the dub. All right. So, like, this is this is going to be an incredible game. I really hope it is. This has been a great story for both sides. I mean, two teams that had not the best starts to their seasons. It was actually one and six for the Lions, it turns out. They were one and six, and the Packers four and eight. And both of these guys now eight and eight and a chance to make it into the playoffs here. And honestly, with the teams that they have, they could potentially, for a seven seed, make a little bit of noise. And look, as C- as Tuck alluded to, this ter- this could turn into a spoiler game for the Lions because if the Seahawks beat the Rams in the earlier game, then the Lions are eliminated. But I'm sure they would have they would be plenty happy to play their asses off and go out there and eliminate uh, their division rivals in the Packers as well. So this will still be a good game either way. Now, the fact that the Lions are traveling to face the Packers at the Frozen Tundra after what the Packers just did to the the three, the now three-seeded, thanks to the Packers, um, Vikings team, I mean, I have to give the advantage to the to the Packers. And looking at this Packers team, led by Aaron Rodgers, an imperfect team, and also looking, this is a sub point, looking over at Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with their team, they haven't had the best seasons, but they have still scraped together what they have had to find a way to sneak into the playoffs. Obviously not going to count, my, count, uh, count the chickens just yet, but... The fact that they are still knocking at the door just tells us that these guys might still have it, both of them. And it really has been has been a pleasure to watch. And I haven't really been able to take the time to really appreciate these two guys during their primes. And now seeing they're kind of getting towards the end of their careers and they're still making an impact and knocking at the door at playoff contention – it really is a play of a pleasure to watch, and I'm gonna miss these guys in the league as we start to now transition oh. into more uh, some more younger quarterbacks that we've discussed earlier. And you know, it, it real it is a transitional period here, and it's it's sad to see these to see these guys go whenever they do. Oh, do you need me to play you a song on the world's tiniest violin? <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> whatever listen this is like like it is a it, this is an exciting time for young quarterbacks because we're seeing a lot we talked about the afc i mean that that place that's it's loaded with quarterbacks who look like they're going to be uh they have a bright they all have bright futures but i mean we're also thinking about the fact that from the 2010s a lot of those top quarterbacks from then have already moved on to retirement and Brady and Rogers are kind of, they're a relic of a bygone era. And to see that they are still kind of, they're still holding their own. It's pretty, it's pretty impressive stuff. And I, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to miss it because I grew up watching these guys play as much as I hated Aaron Rodgers, He still is a pretty damn good quarterback. <laughs> Listen, after the season we had this year, you don't know how excited I am to see at least one more important game that Aaron Rodgers plays in his career. Mm-hmm. Do you think he's going to remain a Packer after this season, or do you think that there's uh, that the he he still has something left with the uh, with the team he's played his whole career? 
I hope he comes back. I think that last year was the same thing. I don't think he's going to go anywhere else. I think it's between staying in Green Bay or retiring. But I hope he comes back. I think the fact that Keyshawn Nixon has come out of nowhere, the defense has picked up the pace, and Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs have really emerged as big targets that he can trust. I think that does a lot more to get him to want to come back. I think this competitive, uh, this streak that got us back into competitive, competitive football might give him an edge and an inkling to want to come back next year. I think the answer now is going to be a lot more difficult to say when he was four and eight and playing some terrible football. Yeah. And like it, they're, they're going to want to prove those two guys in the wide receiver core that they can play at a high level because even if they sneak in, this has been a down year by the Packers standards, especially with how they've been playing the past few years. I mean, they've got, they've won 13 games and they had won three, 13 or more games in three straight seasons. And like that, like, and to go from here down to here, that sucks. And we all know how the Packers have been with committing to committing to high end uh, wide receiver talent, or at least in the draft. Mm-hmm. So like Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, I hope they pan out um, looking towards the, looking towards the Buccaneers side of things. I don't know if he is, I don't know if he is going to come back. I think he might go to a new team. Um, he could stay, but I think Brady is at a point where he's just trying to to milk out that last ounce of football he has in him. And I think he still has it, but we'll see. We'll see. I wanted to look at the, uh, the Lions, though, because that is a team that has played um, better than expectations, are now in the, in, a, in the playoff hunt. And we were thinking that this was going to be a team that would be looking – to get a quarterback, but is that really what their plan is at this point? Because Jared Goff has actually played pretty good football, and if you look back at Goff's whole career, he's been a pretty solid quarterback, and he has he has led a team to a Super Bowl before. Um, so looking at that, and like, how do you think that they're going to build this team going forward? I think the one biggest thing to think of when you think of the Detroit Lions is. We saw a lot about the fact they were one and six. We saw a lot about the fact that they haven't been good in a few years. But under Dan Campbell, they're losing a lot of one-score games. I know a lot of noise has been made about Minnesota this year, the fact that their record is so good with such a terrible negative point differential. I mean, it, it was little things that needed to be tweaked in order to get Detroit into a winning spirit. And those things have obviously been tweaked because they're going to be playing for a playoff game on Sunday. But – you know, I, I, I don't think that the changes were as drastic as everybody seemed to think, at least judging by the record and judging by the team's history. I think the culture is there. I think little things are being tweaked. Maybe they go out and they add a few pieces in the offseason, whether or not Sunday pans out. But I think they got their coach. I think the quarterback is more confident than anybody gives them credit for. And I think the team is better than everybody realized. It's just little things that have changed that are now going in their favor, and hopefully for their sake it continues to do so. Maybe not Sunday, but in the seasons going forward. Yeah, they're certainly trending in the right direction, um, the Lions. And the fact that they're not they're, they're almost into the playoffs right now is a good sign for their rebuild process. And they, they probably did draft uh, – or they, they probably did trade for Jared Goff to be a throw-in. But their plans might be changing now because he's he's having a pretty good year. And on top of that, I mean, he's not old either. So they could have him for a few years and really build around him. That offensive line has been looking a lot better in the past couple of years since they've been drafting in that spot. Um, the wide receiver position has gotten better through free agency trades. Um, they found a late gem in Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, their running game is looking better too. So what they really need to look at is probably that defense. The front seven's looking better, but the secondary could use some work. But they're they're trending in the right direction. That is one thing. That is one good thing to look at. So they could that could be a playoff team in a couple of years as well. 
Um, but do we have any other thoughts before we end the show tonight? No, I'm good. Nope. Nothing. All right. Well, Pat, thanks a lot for joining us. It's been too long since we last had you on. We'd love to have you on again if if you're up for it. Thanks for having me. You know I'm always down. So hopefully the Packers are better next year. I have more things to talk about. Yeah, that, that might be ideal. Um, all right. Well, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. We have new episodes out on Tuesdays and Fridays at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Also, we also have all our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast, the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we'll see you next week over and out.